Hello, Juicy. Hello, hello. How what is you? up? What is up? I don't know. The sun isn't up, at least. No, no, no. In Sweden, it it's is. very dark at this hour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> How are you I, doing, Maxi Boy? I'm good. I'm looking forward to the subject we have on hand today. I think it's going to be yeah, a fun which one. Which is? Uh, we are going to talk. I, I just let me put it this way. So, why are more game some games more appealing than others, and why do we enjoy certain games more than others? Um, to find that out, we have to uh, do a deep dive into the psychology behind games. Um, so, yeah. that's the topic. Yes, and uh, there's also another reason for for why we are taking up psychology as well. It's because you listeners um, kind of have shown us that psychology is something that you're interested in. So yeah. we thought that, hey, why not give you a treat and do a deep dive once again? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's our most popular episode is psychology. Uh, so, uh, which we find, <laughs> it's like, well, we never expected that one. But that's the that's the great thing with with doing this uh, podcast. It's that you never like you never know what listeners will be interested in because different topics seem to appeal more more than others. So um, you know it's uh, this this is gonna be fun because we we didn't yeah. we didn't do a, a major deep dive last time if I remember correctly. I, I tried to listen to the episode, but I didn't have much time. But yeah, um, yeah, we talked more more of on some fallacies of players and people's uh, view on uh, stuff and yeah. the, the, the behaviors that you can find in, in people in certain circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, this also ties back to our previous episode where we talked about measurements, right? Because we got this data, we do know that people seem to like this episode. So this is why we go back into the same subject again. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's your indirect feedback to us, right? Exactly. Uh, so, okay, I'm just, I'm gonna go into some, a bit of ph philosophical things to start with. It might mm -hmm. not seem very related to games, um, but um, I think we're gonna see that what is actually going on psychology-wise is something else than the actual game. The game is only what's happening on the surface. Um, and I wanted to start with... Um, the certain needs that we have as human beings. And there's a guy called Maslov. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but Maslov with a W. <laughs> Maslow. So, yeah, exactly. It could, be, it could be Maslow. It, it could, could be. be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no expert. So if anybody knows, Sounds you can correct like a me. Polish name, like Maslow. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it, it, it sounded Russian to me. Uh, but it could be Polish or any any other, you know, I'm <laughs> anyway. not an expert, but yeah. yeah. And if somebody knows the correct pronunciation, I would be interested so you can, you know, comment or something, tell us. Um, but, you know, he divided, he made this pyramid. It's called Maslow's Pyramid. And um, there are different needs that we as humans need to fulfill. So, you know, there are physiological needs, like we need to breathe. We need to drink, we need to eat, sleep, and, and those things. Um, and then we have safety and security needs. So we need to feel safe uh, and out of harm's way. The funny thing about this pyramid is that um, there it's very 
like a pyramid, it's hierarchical. So we will try to fulfill the first need before we move on to the to the second one. So first you need to, if you can't eat, you die, right? So you, you have to fill that need. And then you move on. Now I need to feel secure. And then there are belongingness needs and love needs. Um, and then you have lower self-esteem needs. Like th these are called deficient needs. Um, and lower, lower esteem needs is like to get attention, to have some kind of status, to have power, reputation. Um, higher, higher esteem needs are uh, achieve independence, self-respect, and so on. So these are the basic deficient needs. And then we have something that he calls growth needs, like cognitive needs, to know, to understand, to explore, seek adventure, experience new things and self-actualization needs to be all that you can be. Um, and then the final step is the transcendence, where you fulfilled all your needs, so now you're going to help others to self-fulfillment. Um, and, you know, we all experience that feeling at some point, like helping others gives you more than it does them in some, in some way, because you feel like, oh, you know, I fulfilled this need of helping someone. It's satisfactory, right? Um, so, um, it's, um, it's an, it's an interesting pyramid. Um, I, I encourage people to, um, Google on it. There's a lot of information. This is something that is kind of widespread, um, by now. Um, so yeah. And then, um, just to, uh, tie up to our previous episode, because we talked about dopamine, right? So our brains are designed to reward good behavior and dopamine is a way of for the brain to do that because dopamine is a neurotransmitter and is associated with pleasant feelings um so you know if we look at these deficient needs like the physiological needs they're not very hard to fulfill like if you're hungry you eat right if you're sleepy you sleep um and so on um <clears throat> but the higher needs so the growth needs, like the cognitive stuff, that's the interesting part because they're not, they're not based on any physical need or anything. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a perspective thing with the growth needs. Like it's completely up to us to decide if, you know, um, am I getting respect, right? Or when the respect I'm getting, is that enough? Or uh, have I accomplished enough to be all that I can be, for example, where's the bar, we set the bar for those things. And then we can say, or, or our brain can say, well, good job, you get your dose of dopamine, right? So <laughs> as long as we feel that we're doing the right thing, for the right reasons, and we're, according to ourselves, getting some good results, we get our dopamine, which is, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of fun. So, so I, I, I love talking about this subject because the, those cognitive needs and self-actualization needs and stuff, th those are the things that are really interesting when it also ties up to actual gaming. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the beginning of this. I know that we talked about, uh, about dopamine in the last episode. So, uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what I said. I said endorphins, right? Endorphins, you get your... Yeah, that's another one. Or pheromones, I said. <laughs> pheromones? <laughs> Wasn't yeah. it hormones? 
Uh, maybe. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is um, this is pretty pretty basic, but we um, we can say that you know it, this isn't for computer games. This this is for all types of games. But if we have an activity, for example, where we can say that you know the possible the gain of this is greater than the possibility of failure failure then we most most likely will want to do it um and that's that's one of the things where we um you feel that the things that you're good at you you want to do often right because this is a this is a rewarding system for for the brain and you know that you're good at it because probably you tried it before your skills are matching um so um when you when you actually do this activity you kind of it's a low risk activity for you uh but also the higher risk the higher reward right so it's it's kind of um it's kind of ba a balance between between those those things um but usually we we tend to be attracted to uh, attracted to things that we're naturally good at um so you know pleasure and pain for example in an activity is kind of derived from how much we've learned is it was it interesting to me um and our view of the activity the activity is like is it okay for me to do this and then the measurement of its success so um yeah that's uh that's kind of uh that's kind of uh a startup into this and then we can say that games deal with this issue i know we we talked about you defined the games right in one episode juice where you said yeah, it was way early on in like the second episode or something exactly and and that was that's an actually an important thing behind the psychology thing because games you said because you asked me what's a game and i said i can't remember what i said um but then you said well game is an activity that has a set of specific rules in order yeah, to exactly. play just... right yeah um so this is kind of this is kind of how should i say it makes it easier for us to um both decide what to do and also measure the outcome because you know games like we always said and you said it last episode i think that games always teach the gamers something um, so we do have the learning aspect there. Um, and we know that we have to um, improve our skills to beat the competition, whatever the competition might be. It can be a racing game where you're trying to beat your last fastest lap, or it can be a PvP game, um, or a co-op game where you're trying to defeat the actual game. But you have these rules that you, f you have to follow in order to play and that makes it very easy for us to kind of decide you know was this pleasurable am i learning enough is it, is this relevant um for me and and so on so yeah um i'm gonna stop my rant now and yeah uh, okay <laughs> i'm just respectfully letting you go on with the, yeah don't with this don't thing. just interrupt me whatever <laughs> because, because you have your view on this and it was kind of interesting to hear how yeah. you were thinking in terms of uh the the maslow uh hierarchy there yeah in my personal experience the maslow hierarchy is 
doesn't really work in terms of games because you have these physiological needs, right? You need to first have food in order to get, uh, in order to survive, right? Yeah. And all of these hierarchical steps until you get to the point where, where you have everything that you need and start to play games. Yeah. You don't play, you don't play video games if you have, if you have a shortage of water, right? You don't exactly. play games if you, if you feel insecure. Exactly. Like there's someone outside of your window and <laughs> just looking in like a creep. And then, hey, let, let, me, let me just start this. Like this my neighbor's play, cat. Game of cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all the time. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just play Candy Crush just because. I mean, that's the reason why. Uh, that's the reason why I feel the, the Maslow hierarchy doesn't really apply to games. Because you need to have a certain, you need to be on a certain level before you, you start off. With exactly, the, uh, yeah. And that's what uh, I meant with, with the hierarchical thing, you know, that they kind of follow each other. So we will, we will focus on, let's say, the lowest one that we can't fulfill right now and try to fulfill that to move on in the pyramid of, of yeah, things. But, but the pyramid itself sets you as a person, not as a gamer in a specific uh in a specific place right you don't you don't pick up your controller unless you're in that specific uh lowest need that you said yeah exactly yeah that's true that's true uh, and in in and i'm thinking the the maslow uh, pyramid works for a gamer you need to be at least at on some kind of what does it say it's like the, the transcendence trans yeah exactly the growth needs i guess you know yeah you need to be like feel the the, the you, you need to fulfill the need of accomplishment right yeah that's when you start pick up the controller exactly exactly and that's why i don't think that this this uh pyramid is a good model for for gamers and game developers however I, there yeah. is one exception to that and i think that there we we talked about fun and what fun is and how you can how you can categorize fun right yep. there is one way one specific category where you set yourself in a seat where you're where you want to be scared horror games are those kinds of games where you you are in a certain you feel secure, right? But all of a sudden, you want to you want to have that tension as how how does it feel to leave my security behind me and just I don't know get stabbed from behind yep. by a monster, uh, and and I think the the fun aspect of it is when you overcome those insecurities and just jump up back into a higher level of the Maslow pyramid. That's the only place where I personally find the Maslow uh, pyramid applicable to gaming. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's it's also a, a thing to kind of understand, but you know, it it's pretty logical, but it's it's not. But let's say people in countries, 
<laughs> Is it logical then? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but but you know, let's it, confuse our listeners a bit it's more. It's like um it's a way of understanding okay, if if why aren't people in a certain country gaming? Okay? So, yeah. so some some countries are dictatorships, maybe they they have a hard time, so they feel people feel insecure. And I think that uh, you know, Maslow's is a way of understanding, at least for the physiological needs, the cognitive needs are are stuff that kind of, you know, they apply to, to games uh, and gaming. But um, if you're, if you're in a, in a country that has a hard time at the moment, it, it helps you kind of understand, okay, why aren't people in this country gaming? Then, you know, okay, so they feel insecure. They, they feel afraid for their families. Gaming is not one of those things they're thinking about because they they haven't reached the growth needs yet so they're not on that cognitive level they're just you know trying to survive um so that's that's one thing that i could find like you can motivate yeah. it that way but it's that's why i said it's pretty self-explanatory because we do understand it as humans um but you know it, at the same time it doesn't have to be right so I find that there's there's one particular instance where, uh, if you if you look at society today, like here in Sweden, we have a high tech society. We basically use phones and uh, consoles and computers all the time. Yep. And I'm guessing, I mean, the Western world is basically the same. And I find it really interesting because there has been this movement where players tend to become engulfed in in gaming more often nowadays where yeah. you where you play games i mean the games of course are becoming better and better at keeping you uh, hooked on them because if you if you don't play the games you're not spending money on their games which in terms lets the studios go bankrupt etc so but there's also this aspect of players and specifically uh, there has been discussion of male players uh, in their 50s 40s 50s uh getting hooked in in games and the reason why they they do it is really fascinating to me because uh from what i've understand is that they they seek some place where they can find control right exactly in their 40s and 50s they have kids they have jobs and many uh we know that uh, the the modern male and also female uh really don't like their jobs most of the time but they're not too secure to to just change up find another job uh they they find that hey let me just stick to this job because hey i got it kind of okay but i really hate my job uh and what they do is that they they try to find some kind of an area where they can control something and that's when they go back into gaming and they get hooked by it and yeah. if you if you take that and apply it to this this model that you were just describing the the Maslow one, I would say that it goes from from going to this belongingness to somewhere where they can find security. Yeah. So they're going the opposite direction there, and that I find really really fascinating. If you if you just look at the general direction that the 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 forties and fifties people, uh, of course, this applies to. Not just for uh, the male people in forties and fifties, but the but also uh, other ones. But the discussion that I found uh, was specifically 
revolving around those uh, those people. Yeah, that's an interesting one actually because it's um, um, it's it's a sense of uh, the the I, I guess that if you have people depending on you, so if you're a parent like we are, yeah. Um, it's too much of a risk to take to change jobs. Or you might feel like it, it depends on the country. Because in Sweden, for example, you would never kind of feel um, that way, insecure in that way, because we do have this social safety net, because we do pay a lot of taxes. So that's rewarding for us in, in, in a way of having security. So you know that, okay, I can switch careers um, and be out of a job for a while. My kids will still be able to go to school um i'll still be able to pay the mortgage on my house and and things like that but you know not everybody has the same possibilities that we have so um gaming is uh, like you said control is a very interesting thing because i i had a list of um things that we look for in games um so we can we can discuss that later as well um, but yeah, that's very uh, interesting. And I, I feel that a lot of um, older, let's say people, you know, you're 40, 50, you're not super old anyway, uh, not by today's standards anyway. Um, but they do find the technology um, kind of fascinating as, as well, I think. So for for some people, it's this attraction to, you know, you can game on your phone, you can game on your laptop, you can do all these things that they never could do as kids um and that is also kind of fascinating for for them i think that's uh, you know um i don't know i don't know what you think about that yeah i don't have any opinion on that <laughs> i haven't really thought in those in the in that regard but i'm guessing that uh, i mean my father is uh, he's basically the the tech guy in our family uh which fits into this 40 50 uh, category otherwise i really don't find anyone in uh, in my relative uh small relative small like what do you say uh relative sphere <laughs> <laughs> my uncles are really they really like they don't know tech at all yeah so <laughs> yeah no, but I know because my dad is like, oh, when <laughs> when you could uh, you could um, make websites and things, and you know, a Dreamweaver was a big thing for a while. I don't know if Dreamweaver st still exists. It's it, it was... is still around. Okay, great. <laughs> so Dreamweaver, for <laughs> those that don't know, it's it's a website de development program. Um, and he was like, "Oh, you can do all of this." And then he he got stuck in front of the computer, like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so, so I think some some of it is the fascination of technology because it's going forward so fast. It's such high pace right now. So, yeah. But that's um, not not you're you're actually touching on uh, something that I want to talk about later on. But there, what you're saying there is, uh, the the fascination of what I call near misses. You know that this is. I should know this. It's just beyond my scope right now. So yeah. I'm really curious about how to get, how how to learn this thing. And games are really good at this as well. Uh, and I want to talk about this later on. Uh, but I just want to like highlight it in, in this context. <laughs> it just it doesn't just apply to to games, of course. Yeah, that's. Uh, I want to hear that. It sounds really interesting, actually. I really do want to hear that. Um, okay. So I just want to. 
um, there is a guy called Mihaly. I will not try to <laughs> pronounce his last name. <laughs> this is this is a trap I will not fall into. Uh, I don't know. It seems like these guys with uh, very very complicated last names are very very smart. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can pronounce your own surname, uh, then you have to have a certain intelligence level. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so he he coined. So what, what does that say? What what does that say to about me? I mean, my name, if you pronounce it in Swedish, is Gabru. But if you say it in English, it's Gabriel. So, <laughs> am I, where does my intelligence level? I will land? not speculate. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway. but hey, from from these discussions, you do seem to have a pretty high intelligence. So I uh, I don't think it's related at all, actually. But yeah, <laughs> I I have suppressed. <laughs> so this um, this guy, he coined uh, a. a what he calls a state of flow and i'm gonna quote from my from my um uh, notes it's being involved in an activity for its own sake the ego falls away time flies every action movement and thought follows inevitably from the previous one and your whole being is involved and you're using your skills to the utmost utmost sorry not utmost so that's the quote of um, the state of flow because he describes it as if you're engaged in a game you wind up in a state of flow and i think that you know we all like when we play valorant for example we're completely engaged in that activity right we're fully concentrated on what's going on on screen where the enemies are uh, and it's also because it's a pvp game it requires a lot of concentration and reaction time right so um, then we're in this state of flow where um you know we're kind of outside of ourselves or i don't know how to call it um but we're totally in immersed in in the game and then you know he has a has a list of you know why are now we're gonna try to answer this why are more games oh, some games more pleasurable than others can i just add yeah. something there sure uh we talked about this flow theory uh previously in the previous episode oh we did Okay. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really say that it was Mihai. Uh, I'm go actually going to try to say his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I give up. You, you fell into the trap. It was harder trap. to say out loud than, <laughs> than I read it. Uh, no, the, the, the flow theory, we, we talk about, talked about it uh, where when I said that you, you can think in terms of two axes, right? The, the uh, vertical axis is saying that this is how hard something is, the difficulty, yeah. and the uh, the horizontal one talks about uh, describes how how much of a skill you need to have, uh, and being in in just like forty five degree angle, um, with a certain amount of discrepancy, actually says that that's that's where you're that's where you are in the flow state. If it's too much on the right hand side, then it's just too hard for you for yeah instance. yeah uh, and if it's just if it's too if if the oh sorry if it's too high uh it's too hard if it's too low it's too boring and you just don't want to continue exactly we, we did go through this in in a, in a previous episode yeah because this this state of flow i didn't remember that actually this state state of flow is um very interesting it kind of explains um there are some 
you know criteria or there's a list of you know um why we get pleasure so um first is like um it's a game that we feel or an activity that we feel that we can perform like if you if you don't feel like you can handle this game or activity you won't do it right if it's like you said exactly like if it's too hard um then it it's gonna be frustrating or it's gonna feel meaningless or something um and or for example if we don't have the required skill for the activity that's a good example is like if we were to play with the highest tier valorant players right that's an activity that it's just you know it's too hard for us uh so it will just feel hopeless um because we know that oh we're never gonna we're never gonna win this it's it's not gonna happen these guys have too high skill for us um so there's no there's no possibility for us to to do anything so then it's it's just meaningless um and then we we wouldn't want to continue with that um i could i could feel like oh i can try it for the sake of trying it but it's not a place that you want to be in for too long um, instead you want to be able to play with players at your own level where you feel that you have a chance and you can win and you do have the the required skills for the activity at least sometimes um if you're having a bad game or something that's one thing but you know that okay when i'm you know at my best i can win over these guys um so that's that's a good that's a good uh, good thing <clears throat> that i thought and then you know um the other thing of getting into this flow is like you need to be uninterrupted and you need to be able to concentrate on what's going on um so you know when when we're using our skills to perform something we get absorbed in it like we said you get in this flow state and we kind of um, this looking outside of yourself that i mentioned or that you are um you are kind of connected to your digital self in this in this game um this if we get disturbed too often we're gonna go in and out of flow so for for example let's say controls of a game are very hard or non-intuitive if we all the time have to check oh what's the control for this and what's oh what what button do i have to press you're breaking this flow thing and then you concentrate more on controls than the actual game and then you never get into this flow state so that's that's an that's one example i don't know there 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 might be more i don't you know um i don't if you have a good one juice you can interrupt me no um, this is a, that was a good example i mean if it's if it's too hard um to to play the the, the character the, the game you're just going to be frustrated for it uh, unless that's one of the mechanics of a game and you you set the minds of the player to have that expectation when they, they when they start to play the game exactly uh, i mean like we said previously the 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 souls games are really the epitome of those uh, of those cats of games where everything is just too hard but when you when you master it then you get this huge explosion of endorphin and uh the dopamine kicks in and all of those things so you really feel rewarded that you that you managed to get over this huge hurdle yeah and i think the souls games are a perfect example you know that i thought about this when i was writing the notes i was like oh souls games do actually 
fit fit in here so well because it it is an activity that requires a lot of skill so the threshold is very very high and for many people it's like if they don't know the format of the game they will give up like we talked we talked about bloodborne and all this um so people felt that you're not making any progress and that's one of the things as well that we need um for us to continue something we need to get constant feedback on our progress right if we don't get that um it's kind of it, it will feel meaningless because we don't know if we're on the right track are we doing the right thing um and but that's the funny thing and i want to touch on i want to get back to this one before i interrupt you really uh hard yeah. here <laughs> yeah yeah uh you, you can i just want to get back to this because open world games are the exact contradiction to what you're just saying right now yeah. and that i want to hear that so just take yeah. a mental note on this one and uh yeah <laughs> we can talk about it or you can say your side of it because it's very interesting that's psychology it's not an exact science right so it's it's just um there are different views on things and they like you said n now this contradictory thing i'm just really excited to hear it <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the, what the souls games actually do very well is that um, you have this um level because it's a level and and um once you get through you can you you don't actually um finish the level but you can unlock shortcuts and that's a brilliant brilliant way for the developer to tell you you're on the right track you're doing something right uh, so even if it's a very very hard game you unlock these shortcuts by achieving and and using your skills and and and, and so on um, and getting through some mobs and all that um, and then at some point you unlock one shortcut and then you unlock the next one and then the level kind of because um, Everything gets resetted in these in these games, but when you have the shortcuts, that means that okay, I don't have to pass all of this again, which would be frustrating if you had to do. Um, so, it's a brilliant way of just giving feedback, like I said, to the player and say you're on the right track because you're unlocking these shortcuts. Soon you'll be done. Um, so that's that's uh, that's very uh, very um, in intuitive in some way um and um but still um the souls games are kind of an extreme example because they do require um a lot of patience and and skills yeah. but you know like i said high risk high reward once you finish that because it was so hard you'll get rewarded for it or you know your brain will re reward you for it yeah and and i just want to add to that when you said that the the you unlock shortcuts um and you're you're telling the the player that hey you're on the right track you're also giving them this this reward that who i'm guessing now i'm i'm just uh, guessing here is that when you when you unlock that shortcut there is this feeling of rest right yeah. you can ju you can just relax for a couple of minutes because now you've you've finished this part of a game uh, and now you can just relax for a couple of minutes and that in and of itself is a reward to the to the player yeah it and is so it, it, like you said it's really it's ingenious it's a good thing it's a good way to reward a player without letting them focus on the reward itself because one of the problems with having rewards and achievements in games um, is that players tend to focus too much on those rewards 
and there yeah. are a lot of a lot of games that have this issue where when you when you just add achievements to the game all of a sudden players stop to focus on this self reflectance and self uh, motivation with these intrinsic kind of motivation motivation stuff going on for the player which is specific to that player yeah and you're giving them this extrinsic reward system where you're saying here take this uh oh, good job take this one again take this one again and then all of a sudden they they start to focus more and more on the rewards uh and not on the actual gameplay where what they learn themselves there's this really this ties back into i don't know if it's in the 70s the 60s or even way before that there's this classroom i don't know if i did show talk about it previously where they split a class into two groups where everyone was kind of they really liked drawing stuff so they they had this innate ability to to do this creative uh, activity and when the when the psychologists or the behaviorist or whatever you want to call them uh, split the group into two they had one group getting a reward for for an image that they were drawing and the other ones didn't get one mm -hmm. and then they they just gave a reward after one image after two images three images four five six etc and then they continued to observe the 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 students after the the experiments was uh conducted and what they found was that the 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 students who got a reward really found it boring to go back and draw stuff because they were they were expecting this reward <laughs> yeah yeah and when it didn't they found it meaningless so way to go scientists you ruined a couple of people <laughs> uh, whereas the students that didn't get a reward they they just enjoyed the the thing just because they had this immersive thing still intact yeah yeah now there was also a third group that they they split it uh they split uh the the class into and they got a reward after everything was done so it was an unexpected reward it was something that they just hey thank you for participating yeah. And that was unexpected. And it seemed as though those with this unexpected reward did actually get motivated by it. Yeah. So yeah. they started to like the drawing a bit more. It wasn't much. It wasn't there was there wasn't this huge margin uh I think it was like 2% or something of the of the students that were that thought hey, thank you for this. I want to do this even more. Yeah. That's a uh, which that's is kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because if you if you just reward the player with this unexpected reward or hide away the achievements and still manage to get the player to do some some things like quests without actually expressively saying that hey, you should go talk to this guy. The 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 act of exploring is something that we we as humans really really like yeah and that was this also ties back into this open world thing that i want that i want to talk about and so let's just segue right into it yeah uh, you you talked about the uh what was it in in what instance was it that you said that uh oh yeah you said that if you if you don't have any direction if you don't know 
if you don't get any feedback that you're doing something right. Yeah, we need to, and one feels... was uh, one was that we need to have clear goals for the activity, and one was that we want constant feedback uh, on exactly. the progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm one of those guys that I've played too much, and I've played so many games, and you know I break down games all the time. And one of the reasons why I I have really hard time playing Zelda. I've gone back to it like ten times ever since we we talked about Zelda in. Uh, one of the pre previous episodes that we yeah. had, and I still can't play it because it's a game where you're supposed to play it just because, because you can explore stuff, you can find stuff, and do something with it, and explore how how do you want to use this specific thing in this context. And for me, I really need to have that. I need to go this place. I need to do this uh, yeah. because of time issues, basically. And I've had really hard time playing Zelda, uh, this this one. However, all of the games. I mean, there are so many games out there right now that copy this Zelda theme, right? You have this in this game called Genshin Impact, which is really good. I really like it. I I'd actually played more than I played Zelda, which is kind of a shame, uh, because they they have this combination between the open world thing, but also go there, talk to this guy, do this, etc. And what I found, why we people tend to want to play open world games is that, first of all, we, know how, we want to have control, right? We want to have, we want to be able to decide exactly where we want to go, what to explore, and etc. But there's also this, this need for novelty. It's called neophilia. We, anytime we want to buy something new you express you 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 feel this you want to have a new phone you want to have a new screen new mouse new whatever uh that's kind of an obsession right and neophilia is something that the marketers are really like doubling down on because they know that people want to have new stuff and this is also something that you as a player um can make use of because you want to know how you want to be able to apply your skills in new ways mobas are really good at this because whenever there's a new champion it actually gives you the the chance to go back into your skill set grab something and try to apply it to this new new character that that's just uh come out um Mario game, the, the new Mario Odyssey game is also one of those games that is really, really good at this because there are a lot of places where you can just use your hat and jump on it and do some crazy tricky stuff. And whenever you get to some place, there's this pile of gold that's waiting for you. They, it, it's unexpected for you as a player to get there, but hey, when you get there, Here's a pile of, uh, pile of gold. You don't do it for anything. Uh, you don't get much for gold. But it's still something... You feel like you've achieved something that no one else has before. Yeah. And they, they're doing it really well. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I think open, worlds, open world games work really well. Uh, and also, the, the second... one of Another reason why I think uh, open world games work is because we as people want to feel 
engulfed in nature, right? It's we we are actually really good at seeing different colors, uh, different shades of green because of it. And if you if you put two people in two different places, they play the same game. Uh, the one that's playing outside will be will feel like it's he has fulfilled the game more than the one that's that's played it inside because of the the feeling of nature you feel more calm you feel more uh, engulfed in in your environment but that's also that doesn't have to be real right you don't you don't have to do it in the real world you can do it as, as well in the, in this uh, in in the zelda game in the in the open world thing where you can find trees there's been a lot of experiments going on and there's been a lot of evidence saying that if you if you are in a place where there's a lot of trees you feel more calm yeah and when you feel more calm you can you can explore stuff more etc etc and this this is this has actually real science scientific applications because there are university uh hospitals in, in the US for instance where uh patients are that have undergone <coughs> sorry undergone uh, what is it called surgery uh, surgery yeah. yeah thank you surgery uh, first in his 24 in the first 24 hours are uh, facing inwards towards uh, the uh, the door because the doctors have to uh, double check them etc but then after 24 hours they they turn the the beds around so that they they actually face outwards out of the the hospital so that they can find they, they can actually see the the woods uh the trees the scenery outside which has had a profound um effect on them because they recover more quickly because yeah. of it yeah so yeah <laughs> That was a long answer to why I think that open world peop uh, games and really no no rule based games let you as a player decide what you want to do. But there's yeah. also games that uh, that do this really well, where where you can you're you're handed a, a couple of game uh, a couple of things, and you can just do whatever you want with it. Minecraft is one of those uh, sandbox games in particular. Or ex or ex great examples of these, yeah. uh, self exploratory kind of game yeah. genre, yeah. And um, you know, it's it's um, it's like you said because this is on my list as well. But you know, you need to feel this the this sense of control, and um, um, if you uh, if you're in an open world game. There's this sense of freedom, right? You can do whatever you want, uh, basically. Yeah. So you feel like um, the game environment doesn't control you as a player, especially when you get into this flow where you, where your digital character and you are forged or fused together into one being, right? Then then you feel like, well, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want. So in that way it's kind of a sense of control of doing i can control what i want to do uh, in this game um so that's then that's a part of it i mean we mentioned you mentioned control pretty early when we were talking about uh 
these 40s and 50s uh, year old um, men and women that are uh, getting into gaming and you know control is is one of the big parts of um, of gaming I mean if 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 the player senses that you know let's say the outcome of Zelda isn't controlled by you right so you can do whatever you want but the game will still end in the same way then it's meaningless right you why am I doing this it doesn't make any sense if I can't control the outcome here or at least get a feeling of being able to control the outcome it's like okay why why am I playing this but I'm on your side with that one I mean I I feel as well that for time reasons I um you know when you're a parent you don't have a lot of time uh to game we have jobs we have the podcast um so then you want you're kind of you're while it would be nice to play all different types of games um there's just not enough time and then to actually get some kind of sense of you know fun and achievement and and stuff you tend to go to games that uh guide you a bit more uh give you more yeah and i want to just uh clarify something here uh, for our listeners we we don't talk about time because because of time sake it's more that it takes time for you as a player to get into this sense of flow yeah right? you need you need to get into you need to sit down you need to okay what am i supposed to do now what do i want what do you want to do now and then you need to get to that place and start doing it yeah. and many times you have to find resources etc and in order for you as a player to get into that flow state that's what we talk about here that we as grown-ups in quotation marks <laughs> we, who, we who got kids <laughs> exactly um, it's really a, a short session of games uh, that's that's more uh, what is it called when appealing that's what i want to talk about yeah yeah. What I want to say. It's more it's more appealing to have a short session of game uh than just sit down, wait for that flow state to to get into play. Yeah, it's it's uh it kinda ties back a bit to that we need to be able to concentrate on the game and if we know that we don't actually have time to play this game and that worry is always inside your head then you'll never get into the flow state because you're constantly thinking okay i don't really have time for this right this is going to take more time than i have so i can't really get into the game and that's what we mean by get into the game you can't get into this flow state because you're thinking about something else um and as you said there might be a long lead time depending on the game um to actually get into the flow state and if you don't have that time you're you're just never gonna get there so um but i mean uh, yeah um this is for us Mo- most gamers you know if you don't if you don't have kids uh if you know younger players they they will play these games because they do have the time um so it's um it's harder for us but i'm that's why i said that i'm with you on these these open world games are not really something that I feel that I can um, spend my time too much on. It's it's nice. And the sandbox with, games. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it, basically it, the same thing applies there. 
Yeah, I think I think that there are sandbox games and sandbox games as well because um, some games like uh, uh, Kerbal Space Program, which is basically a um, rocket building simulator, is one of these games where you know it's sandbox, but uh, and I and I do love uh, rockets <laughs> and engineering. <laughs> so so, but at the same time, you know, it's it's not. It's not an activity that, or it can take a lot of time. I've I've been sitting in Kerbal like you know eight hours straight or something, but um, it's still kind of you know you can just leave it. Um, you you won't have the sense of achievement because you haven't finished your rocket, you haven't gone into space or whatever, uh, but you can leave it. But it, it's it's still um, a, a time-consuming um, game genre, I would say. Um, even though, because I mean, even though I love rockets and all that, it's, it's still like this sense of accomplishment won't come until actually gone to space, let's say with there, yeah, there's, because there are you goals. Have, exactly. You have exactly those. That, that was exactly what I want to say. You have this, uh, this finishing state exactly where you, when you can, where you can get to. Yeah. And, and, you know, you never, you never kind of get there. You'll get there, but you you won't get there for the game sessions that you don't have enough time for. While yeah. other other games that clearly direct you, there you know they can be open world games where you have very um, st- strict or not strict but clear um, missions or whatever. Then you can jump in, you can uh, do a mission really fast and jump out of the game and you still get that feeling of, of uh, accomplishment. But if it's pure open world where you can do anything you want, explore and stuff, um, if you're uh, like us and don't have a lot of time, then, um, you know, it's um, while you do love the game and will love to play it, it just won't happen, you know. Um, that's why we play, for example, we play League of Legends and Valorant because in Valorant you know that, okay, a match might take, what, 30, 40 minutes. Um, so you kind of have this uh, set time frame and you still, if you're doing well in the game, you know that you're using your skills and you're fulfilling kind of all these steps that we've talking talked about. Uh, you're competing against other players. You're using your skills to the utmost. You, you go into the flow state pretty quickly. Um, and uh, at the same time, you have this time frame. So you know exactly how much time you can spend on, on the game or if you play another game, you know uh, about how much time it will take, so you can kind of fit it into your time frame. Um, and those are those are kind of games that, like for example, you and me are are uh, playing mostly, just because they do have all these parameters that fit us. Um, so yeah. Um, but there, yeah, you we talked about. I'm seeing that the time is about to run out here. Uh, yeah, we talked about your your dad there. Which was uh, who was really interested in this web development thing when we yeah. started to look into it, uh, and I said that there was this what I call near miss effect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, I want to just go back to this one and talk about it real quickly here. Uh, the near miss effect that I that I that I call it is something that it feels really good when you when you get there. You you have this challenge. the The game says that. Um, you should jump 10 meters high, right? And then you jump and you get just 9 meters. All of a sudden you, you, you see that 
this in itself is a feedback thing for you because you know that you can just press the button 0.1 millisecond more you're probably going to jump that 10 meter uh jump yeah, right yeah. so you go back and you try it again and you did you do this and you do this and you do this time and time again until you actually complete it and that's when you get this reward uh feeling of it the near miss effect uh that i that i call it is something that you can also apply to loot boxes right because if you if you get a loot box you know that okay if i open it i might get what i want and you're getting skins you're getting weapons you're getting stuff but it's not the one that you're looking for right <laughs> yeah so you buy more you go uh, into the game again and you want to have even more uh boxes and that's what these the this huge um discussion was about just a couple of years ago or maybe just uh a year i don't know i can't remember uh where there were so many countries that banned these loot boxes. I, th I think that Holland was the first one uh, to ban loot boxes in games because yeah. they, they, they touch on the dopamine thing, uh, which is exactly as a drug, right? Yeah. Uh, I myself was opposing that because I think that people can think for themselves. But of course, there are a few who can't. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and these skins and things they are really intangible things that are really useless right but you feel like you can brag about them yeah. it's, they, they belong to your collection you've done this uh, you've gotten this and games like uh, League of Legends and Overwatch they're really good at this Yeah. thing that I find that League of Legends does better than Overwatch is that you get the boxes but you don't have to do anything with them, right? You can open them. You don't have to buy them. You'll get boxes if you play the 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 player the characters really well. Yeah. If you get the S rank, you get a box unless you've previously gotten it uh, the same season. Yeah. And that rewards you as a player because you get this feeling of I'm I'm actually playing good. I'm really good with this character. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that you, you you feel like, hey, I feel accomplished. And then you can go back and it, it encourages you to play with other characters as well. Because if loot boxes is something that, that you're striving to get, then you could just play with other characters and try to get the S rank with those, right? Yeah, yeah. That is, in my opinion, really a good way to incentivize players to try out different characters, try out different play styles, try out different strategies in comparison to Overwatch where you just gotten you got one uh, loot box, you can buy them if you want to and you get stuff from it. Now yeah. I'm not really a, an Overwatch player so I can't really say if this still is the same thing where we just get a box and yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. But it does tease this rewarding yourself uh, exactly. part of the brain, right? So you're exactly. rewarding yourself and it feels good. So you keep rewarding yourself all the time because, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a pleasurable feeling. Uh, the, the boxes are cheap, so you can you can throw in a lot of money in, the, in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it's just $5, uh, 
Yeah, five dollars is there's nothing. It's like a pack of, pack of cigarettes, right? Yeah, yeah, um, true. So you can just instead of go smoke, you just buy these useless things. Yeah, which for you are meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's no physical thing, so it's not tangible in that way. But um, it doesn't really matter because um, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> the, let's say, let's put it this way. Um, if you the 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 feeling or the reward that you get if you think you won the lottery or if you actually win the lottery there's no difference for the brain if you really think yeah, you exactly. won the lottery exactly. you're you're still going to and but you know the only difference is you, you don't actually if you actually win the lottery you get a lot of money to spend but <laughs> otherwise <laughs> psychologically speaking it's the same effect it's the same chemical exactly. effect so, so that's with the loot boxes as well. They're kind of teasing this. It's it's cheap, um, and it's very very uh, uh, easy to keep rewarding yourself. Um, yeah, and so. like like you said, uh, like I previously said that uh, because they are cheap, they're also easily obtained, right? So you're more likely to go back and retry. Exactly, it's, it ties back to this uh, ten meters, nine meters jump yeah. there. Yeah. One of the games that I found does this really well. Use this near miss effect is that the is the gears of war game where you're about to die and you see that the, the the screen is about to it's flashing red right yeah yeah what they do is they actually give you extra life basically the mm-hmm. the last 10 percent of your hp is actually harder to kill to make uh, i mean to uh deplete than the 90 percent of the the rest of your hp yeah which gives once you like kill the enemies in that state you feel like oh whew, yeah yeah now exactly. i can relax right yeah because yeah. you feel like i was about to die but i didn't die <laughs> damn i'm so cool yeah i made it by the skin of my teeth yeah it's that feeling yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's one way to apply the near miss effect uh in a in a good way as well because you're encouraging the player to you're actually rewarding the player because they didn't die yeah yeah and and they're in that state where they're using their skills at the outmost because you know the exactly. the, the, the the game is giving them feedback on oh you're about to die oh oh you know so so then yeah. it's like the most intense moment and then you can relax which is like exactly. then the brain rewards you which is like that the whole thing that we're talking about and that's a perfect application of it actually that's really yeah, nice exactly yeah well, so um, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of different kinds of uh, applications for a lot of these, and I have a lot of uh, things to talk about. But we can take that in, in in the next episode where we talk about psychology. Not the next next, but the next time we talk about yeah. uh, psychology, because I mean, this it seems to be a cool topic. Yeah, and it seems like I mean for game developers, I think it's uh, you know it's it's Im- important because it's important to know how to use all these types of tools that you have um going for you um because yeah. we are we as humans act the way we do and uh, and so on um that's so, why i yeah. say that's why i always say that game dev is the hardest way to it's the hardest job out there yeah of course if you're a mom that's probably worse but yeah <laughs> true the, the true. second worst <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because uh-huh. there's so many things that tie into game development. I mean, psychology, like we were talking about, uh, history, anthropology, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, anything that that you can think of, 
can be used in in game dev yeah true okay then i think we can uh, end it here uh it was a good good uh, last point so uh, um I, like always thank you for listening uh juice thank you for the discussion always a pleasure and yeah thank you if you have any comments for us you can comment on our instagram twitter or whatever um so have a nice week <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> send us a mail or whatever you know you know <laughs> um, whatever yeah I do. thank you for uh, this episode juice and uh, see you next week bye 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 bye